Jermaine Pratt is a big fan of one running back in this year's draft. Plus, we answer your questions. What's the future at tight end, cornerback, running back? Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lesko. He's your host, James Rapine. You can find us on YouTube where you can subscribe and hit the bell for notifications or anywhere you get your podcast where you can follow Locked On Bengals and get notified when we upload our content every day. You can join the First Listen Club real easily that way. We're going to dive into some Jermaine Pratt words on Twitter about one particular running back in this year's draft class and answer a bunch of your questions in a mailbag pertaining to the rest of free agency. And of course, attention starting to turn a little bit toward the draft here, James. Today's episode brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You can visit ultimate-gm.com or find it in the app store and get a 100% free boost to your franchise that you'll manage in Ultimate GM using promo code locked on in all capitals in the game. And let's start with Jermaine Pratt's tweet responded to you, James, unsolicited, unprompted. You tweeted about a couple of running backs and the Bengals freshly re-signed starting linebacker replied to you. Yeah, he did. And like, it was simple off the heels of our conversation on our Tuesday show, but it was Monday night as we recorded. I'm just thinking about 12.7 million and that cap hit was just staying with me and staying with me. And you hear about the the devaluation of of running backs and how they're devalued, and you can't take one in the first round, and it's all about value, value, value. And I'm not even debating that. But I just wanted to point out that if it's about value, what the Bengals are currently doing with Joe Mixon, $12.7 million cap hit, is far worse to me than taking a B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs with the 28th overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. So I pointed it out, and it got – <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> wow um it got plenty of steam and picked up and well i guess jermaine pratt saw it and he responded with three words gibbs is crazy which i think is an endorsement is a man that that gibbs kid can catch passes and run at a really high level and do all of the things that he did and you look at the numbers the past couple of years at Alabama, he certainly was able to put up huge numbers. So we'll see. But in uh, the Bengals met with Gibbs, by the way. So there, there's that. But uh, Jermaine Pratt, fan of the Alabama running back. He is a pretty fun player. Really evasive running back, fast running back, has drawn comparisons to Alvin Kamara. You wonder about his blocking ability. That mm-hmm. was That's the question with Gibbs. Yeah. And, and if he is a complete enough back to be an, an every-down NFL back weighing about 200 pounds, a little bit on the small side there. But Alvin Kamara, shades yeah. of Alvin Kamara, great in the receiving game, great creating, great cutting, good speed, good agility. It's a, a pretty fun prospect, pretty tantalizing prospect. I can see why you would call him crazy. If you're Jermaine Pratt, yeah, because that that's kind of the way he plays is on that spectrum of the things he do, the things he does on the football field are pretty dazzling. And 
if you're the fans that are asking for Austin Eckler, I'm not saying Gibbs is going to be Eckler, but it's that style. It's that pass catcher. It's not, he's not a huge frame guy. You mentioned he hovers right around 200 pounds, but that's the, the style. That's the type of guy you want where he can catch a bunch of passes and take them to the house, have that home run threat, the speed, all of those things. I, I clearly the Bengals are interested. They saw something because they met with him at the combine. Do they still have interest? I'm not sure, but certainly Jermaine Pratt is uh, at least open to the idea. And clearly my tweet, Jake, was about Mixon. It wasn't about the value of Travion Williams or Chris Evans. <laughs> it was clearly about Mixon. And so I, I, I know Pratt read it, and so I, I do think it's inter- interesting he responded. I don't think it means anything about how he feels about Joe Mixon, but I do think when you have a linebacker that, that sees a running back and, and is a, a multi-threat like that through the air in the passing game and on the ground, I'm sure he he knows that there is is some value there. So that's not me saying the Bengals should take Gibbs 28th overall. That's me saying I would much rather that than keep Joe Mixon at a $12.7 million cap hit for 2023. I think you meet with Gibbs because you're interested at the right point in the draft. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know that that point is 28. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the mailbag because some of there, there was a good question about like, what's the ideal order to draft XYZ positions that we'll get to. A lot to like about Gibbs, though. 21 years old at the time of the draft. Really good tape, really fun tape, like, like we've talked about, and has a production that you need to be a productive NFL running back from an analytic, analytic perspective. Ran a 4.36, was one of the fastest running backs at the combine. Uh, only Devin Achain, I think, was faster with a 4.32. Uh, at the combine, and then Keaton Mitchell ran a four three seven. So a couple guys under four four. But Jameer Gibbs, talk about explosion at the running back position is something you're looking for. You talk about a guy who could come in and complement Mixon if they choose to keep Mixon in some way, shape, or form, which seems to be getting more and more likely. We talked about Damian Williams, Damian Harris as the last Williams, Damian Harris as the last. Uh, kind of premium high-end bell cow type runner runner that was available on the free agent market. He was signed uh, after we put that episode up yesterday, James. And so if Mixon is on the Bengals in 2023, which again, I think is getting more likely the more time passes, gives us a really cool running mate idea for him in terms of a, a dynamic change of pace back in the transition year that the Bengals often like to do, right? Where they'll bring a running back in and keep their veteran for one year before they transition to the new guy. Is it more likely though? I'm not convinced. What more of that. likely? Joe Mixon Is it more likely that Mixon's there today than he was two days ago? Like, I don't. They kept Dalton. Uh, the, the reason like that, that's our that's the most recent example is Dalton with similar money. Dalton was a couple million more, you know, three or four million more. But they kept Dalton, and the whole world knew they were taking Joe Burrow. The so, the reason would be that. I'm, I'm not saying that he's for sure on the team right now. And maybe they've got a handshake deal. We mentioned that as well. Um, you know, maybe they've got some, some foundation in place for redoing the deal a little bit. But th- they wanted P. Ryan, right? We, we know mm-hmm. that. Sure. They lost P. Ryan. Do they feel comfortable with no veterans or with Travion Williams being your only veteran, very inexperienced veteran? And, and they seem to have a preference at some spots anyway of having some veterans around in the room 
Sure. I just think that there are still guys that could still replace Mixon as a runner. It's just the the tough part was the pass blocking aspect. Leonard Fournette. I don't think that he's running as well as Joe Mixon at this point. Okay. What did Mixon do well at? He caught passes last year. Everything Leonard Fournette did for Tampa, Joe Mixon did, including come off on third downs at times. I mean, it's like 85% of what Mixon brought. They both ran for 800-plus. Fournette played through an injury. Mixon played through an injury. Questionable offensive lines. I I don't think Fournette was as good as as Mixon. Not that I think Mixon was great, but I don't don't, don't even want to talk about Kareem Hunt. Fine, but can that those guys do eighty five percent of what Mixon brings? And and if so, twelve point seven's a lot. I, I think that's the point. Honestly, you could find guys in the draft that could do what Mixon does as a runner, probably in a, a pass in as a pass catcher. It's just the the pass blocking part, and that's the part is they they prioritize Pirine to me because they need that pass blocker, <laughs> and that's the weird part. I don't think. To your veteran point, I don't think they would want to rely on a rookie to pass block like that, regardless of where they take him. And so who does that? Because Mixon can't be that veteran, at least to this point. I don't think he's changing now, and they're going to suddenly trust him. So I don't know what they do. I think that's the the interesting dilemma here. I don't know if Mixon's more or less likely to come back than he was a week ago, but the the number of pass blocking backs that make sense for them, it, that's waning and if that wanes, well, then who do you turn to? Is it Travion Williams? Because it's right not Chris Evans, it it's not Joe Mixon. Right now it's Travion Williams. Right now that's their, their third down back. So do they address that? Probably. Might come up in our mailbag a little bit here. Let's transition to that mailbag topic. I am I, looking at Leonard Fournette's numbers, though. I, I just I think, I think that he's just not as good as Mixon. Anyway. It's not far off for what they ask them to do, though. You can save money if you were going to use the money elsewhere. That's the key with all this stuff. If they're going to use the money elsewhere, great. At this point, though, in free agency, you don't shave salary cap just to shave salary cap. So they would have to have a use for that money, and hopefully they would. Anyway, let's dive in to some mailbag questions here, James, some questions about the draft, some questions about the remainder of free agency. And a question that I'm going to ask you as it pertains to Jonah Williams, bouncing off another Locked On show. We'll get to that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk all about Ultimate Football GM and, well, you're responsible for controlling your own destiny of your team. Maybe you want to keep Joe Mixon. You want to renegotiate with your star running back. You can do that. You get to go through season by season, lead your team to glory, and try to build an historic dynasty by hiring the right coaches, navigating all of the different finances, and so much more. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, playable offline, perfect for flights, and you can get it right now at ultimate-gm.com. Locked on Bengals listeners get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all capitals. So again, use promo code Locked On and download Ultimate Football GM in the App Store or ultimate-gm.com. James, I want to ask you a question about Jonah Williams' trade compensation. Just want to quickly note that Lou Anarumo was at the USC Pro Day on mm. Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Interesting. It's Tuesday. It's on Tuesday. Tuesday. That's why we didn't get him on Monday, because he was busy traveling, enjoying right. that Cali sun. So, 
the the question is on another lockdown show, a new lockdown show. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino paired up to do the Locked On NFL Scouting Show with the draft dudes. They're the draft dudes. And they spent a whole lot of time this week talking about Jonah Williams. They both went and watched some Jonah Williams tape and came up with some trade packages, some trade offers. I think Joe Marino's offer was a fourth-round pick, and Kyle Krabs' offer was a fifth-rounder with a conditional supplemental pick. I don't know if it's a fourth or a third um, but a conditional additional pick might be another fifth. I don't know. So their justification was essentially that he's been hurt quite mm-hmm. a bit coming off knee surgery, missed his rookie year, played one full season, played really well in that full season. Um, but, but that's kind of a year behind us now coming off a knee surgery, a little bit undersized, hasn't quite lived up to that first round pick status, that top 11 pick status. Neither of them have a whole lot of faith in him as a left tackle, which is an interesting perspective from from external sources. Jonah clearly feels like he's a left tackle, obviously, as we've discussed, and and as is reflected in his trade request. Would either of those offers move you if you were running the Cincinnati Bengals? No. No, and it it won't move the Bengals. I'll tell you that. Now, it, it does depend a little bit on the conditional pick. Right. If it's a third, then of course you're you're listening then. But I, if he's leading with a fifth, I don't think it would be right. It, it, the the extra pick be a third. So unless it was a third, and I think the Bengals would want a two. The more I think about it, wherever you value this guy, I think that the Bengals are going to to value him even more than that. And so, look, Jonah Williams, I think is a a solid tackle, but this is the problem when you're a so-so player or you have injury questions and then you, and I'm not saying he's being a diva, but then you request a trade. Well, you have flaws. So now every team is looking at those flaws. How many teams actually view Joan Williams as a left tackle? It's undersized, even if he was perfectly healthy. Uh, So there would probably be teams that say, nah, we're not interested. We want our left tackles to be bigger than that. And that'd be it. And so I, Ultimately, my gut is that the Bengals say, no, Jonah, we exercise this fifth-year option. It's guaranteed. We can't restructure it. We're not going to – we can't ask you to take a pay cut. This is not like Joe Mixon. It is a different situation completely. Final year, you're going to play right tackle for us. And I don't think he really has an option. There's been teams – oh, well, trade him to the Colts or trade him there. Are you sure – are are we sure Chris Ballard would say, yeah, you're going to play left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts? I don't know about that. I, I'm not buying that necessarily. So, no, I, I think that uh, I, I would pass on that deal, and I'm not sure there are many teams lining up to, to trade for Jonah Williams, period. And so I think he ends up being the, the Bengals' right tackle this season, at least for part of it. And and if that's the case, then Lyle Collins is probably on, on the outside looking in. What about you? What do you think about, about that offer? Would you take either one? I think if it is draft day, or draft day two, and you've drafted, say, Anton Harrison or Darnell Wright in the first round, then I'm listening pretty hard because maybe T. Higgins' deal isn't done by then. And suddenly I have 12, 12 and a half more million dollars that I can inject into a T. Higgins deal up front to try to get that deal over the finish line. Mm-hmm. That's where I would consider it is, is like on draft day. 
if you if you land his if you land that franchise right tackle like in your head yes i get that like after the first round we've got a tackle that we like that we feel good about that that can compete for the future i I would also feel better frankly if they had signed one of those guys in the cam fleming bucket is he still out there we talked about i think he is he is but there aren't very many guys left in that bucket um especially the higher end part of that bucket. So it's a little bit harder because you don't know where the replacement is. I don't think the replacement is on the roster right now. So they would have to have that on the roster before I felt really good about one of those offers. Sure. Yeah. And that's, I think that's where the Bengals are because you're right. Let's say, let's say the running back situation is unchanged by that. And they'll sign some kind of tight end, but their tight end situation is a little shaky. Of course, they would love a pick of another fourth rounder. It, it's assuming that you're able to land Jones from Ohio State, Dewan Jones or, or whoever to, to play tackle. But if you don't do that, who is it? Who's playing tackle? Who, who makes you feel good? And I, I just look at it. And I, I don't, I don't really feel good, Jake, about any of their options outside of, and I, I don't feel great about Jonah. But I, I, I wouldn't be concerned about him either, if that makes sense. Like, I think he would be fine at right tackle, which fine at right tackle outside of, you know, half the year from Lyle Collins last year is, is better than what they've had. Let's, um, I would also let's feel get... fine about it, by the way. If, if Jonah's a right tackle, you feel fine about it. You feel like yeah. the offensive line is better, and that makes sense. I also, for the record, agree with you that the Bengals aren't taking a fourth-round pick. For Jonah Williams, nah, nope. Because I'd be surprised. They could, they, they may be able. To, you've, we've talked about comp picks a lot. They might be able to get a fourth or a fifth rounder for him if he plays well. Just a year later, and they get that stellar play, and it allows them to groom the tackle that they take. Maybe not in the first round. Mm-hmm. It's the second or third round, and then you're you're talking about a grooming situation, not necessarily a starting uh, starting job. So, uh, real quick before we. Uh, or let's dive into the mailbag because we haven't really done that yet. Uh, Jack, Canadian Bengals super fan. Since we were talking about the first round, if the Bengals were to select Darnell Washington, Darnell Wright, or Bijan Robinson in the first round, which would you be most excited about? I think that they're all exciting for different reasons. I think Darnell Washington tells you something about the direction they want to take the offense. It involves a heavy, really physical, really high-end specimen of an athlete tight end. I think he's a really fun player, but Darnell Wright and B. John Robinson seem more interesting to me, more exciting to me. And so that that's where my decision is, is a Darnell writers and B. John Robinson, because B. John Robinson represents a very exciting skill player. Mm-hmm. Darnell Wright represents a guy that should come in and play at right tackle right away with a reasonably high floor, if nothing else. So, I would say it's Darnell Wright just goes right into that trade scenario we talked about. That's where I feel good about trading Jonah Williams, putting that money toward a T Higgins extension right away. That, that sort of idea. Mm-hmm. So that's what jumps out at me. But I think Bijan Robinson's pretty close because yep. exciting skill players are pretty exciting. And that's where I would be is like from an excitement level, just the idea of the Bengals landing a, a star superstar running back. And that's what, a lot of people think Bijan Robinson can be. That would be a little more exciting than Darnell Wright, but Darnell Wright would be 
exciting because you'd feel like Orlando Brown Jr., Darnell Wright, those are your bookend tackles for the foreseeable future for this window that we've talked about with Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So that, that would be awesome to, to be able to, to solve that. So I would put Wright right there. And then Washington, sorry, my man. I know you don't come up third in a lot of athletic scores and things like that, but uh, Thornell Washington would be third uh, on my list. Up next, we'll continue the mailbag. We'll get to a bunch of your questions. But today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to get to FanDuel. They have a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets back, if your first bet doesn't win, you just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you have a same game parlay so you can earn even more money. So you can wager on multiple things in the same game and boom, you can earn more with FanDuel. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just want to add one more note on the previous question, Darnell Wright, B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson is going to be the guy who's graded higher. That's a positional value thing for yep. me with, with Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright's going to end up being a first-round player on our board pretty comfortably. Bijan Robinson's probably going to end up being a top-10-graded player on our board. And so that's why it's really close when you're talking running back versus offensive tackle. But if you can get a guy who should be a, a plug-and-place right tackle at the top of, or at the, at the back of the first round, I, I'd feel pretty pleased with that. Now, this kind of ties into our next question here from Mr. Nev, Mr. Irish Red. He wants to talk about the, the order, which to me is where's the positional value, where is the strength of this draft class of drafting a corner, a tackle, a tight end, and a running back in this year's draft? Whew. So if it's corner or tackle, at 28, there's going to likely be one of those there, and it's some studs that could potentially be there. And so – Naturally, I, I would probably say tackle because it's sh- more shallow than corner. And then I'd put corner right there. Tight end and running back, it's it's deep, but there aren't many B. John Robinsons, right? Jameer Gibbs, you're talking about him at, to lead the show. Yeah, there are different guys that you could talk about. The kid from Pittsburgh, uh, Abanacanda, is, is certainly a home run threat, but he's just not – he's not Gibbs now. And so – if I had to rank them, I'd probably go tackle, corner, tight end, running back. Because I think you could find tight ends and running backs more likely in the middle rounds. That said, and I just want to preface it this way, take players, not necessarily positions. The The sixth best corner might not be better than the best running back. The eighth best tackle, is it, you might not want to reach on him to – in when if Bijan Robinson is there or Michael Mayer is there if you're high on him or insert whoever Dalton Kincaid so to me the player matters just as much as anything but in general that's how I would rank them I think from a positional value perspective and you're right that the player matters more you're not breaking you know corner eight with tight end one and picking corner eight most of the time unless corner eight in most years is corner two 
and you're talking about a guy sure. that's a top 10 great. Like, yep. it's obviously a little bit more complicated, and, and I think that's fine. But I think his order is pretty good. Corner, right tackle, I mean, that's a 1-1-A situation. Right tackle to tackle is probably a slightly more premium need position value matchup for the Bengals, but corners are incredibly valuable. The Bengals do have a need at corner, both long-term, Shadobi Awuzie going into the last year of his deal, and short-term because Awuzie is hurt, and they don't have another starting corner right now to go with Cam Taylor-Britt and Mike Hilton in the slot. So if you could get a starting caliber corner at 28, I wouldn't blink. If they passed on Michael Mayer for a corner at 28, they passed for... They pass on Bijan for a corner at 28. I wouldn't be shocked. And I, and I probably would be fine with it. Same for tackle. I do think that his tackle, as you said, slightly edging out corner, especially this year where I feel a little bit better about day two corners than I feel about day two tackles, especially where the Bengals are picking. Mm-hmm. Tight end, I am putting ahead of running back because I think after pick 60 this year and maybe even before pick 60 this year, I'm out of guys that I feel really confident in being a tight end one at some point in their NFL career. And and almost undoubtedly there will be a guy drafted in the third or fourth round who will end up being a tight end one because that's the way the position tends to work. But you're you're really rolling the dice that you're going to find that guy. I could see a huge run on tight ends toward the end of round one and throughout round two. You could see six tight ends drafted by the time the Bengals are on the clock for pick 60. And that's where I think you run out of tight ends. You feel really good about being long-term good prospects and then running back like you said james incredibly deep class at running back guys i feel really good about i think in the third fourth maybe even fifth rounds coming in and and being able to be a serviceable or better deuce vaughn baby nfl running back deuce vaughn is probably not on that list i mean he's a fun player oh i just he can't be a guy that you're asking to to come be a bell cow i don't think and, and I think that might be the market the Bengals are looking at in the draft. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought you were going to continue. Yeah, probably. I think it's unrealistic. You don't need that ball of dynamite to be a bell cow. You need him to be some lightning. You, you don't. You don't need that. He could. He could be the the cheetah that gets eight touches, and just runs behind. Especially if you draft Dewan Jones. Uh, I, I'm saying that right, right? Yeah. Um, I always get it confused. I don't know why. Certain names of uh, you're rubbing off on me, Jake. But if you draft Jones, then you have him run behind six eight Orlando Brown and six eight Dewan Jones, and no one's going to find him. him. <laughs> it's perfect. It's uh, oh my gosh! It's uh, it's perfect. Yep. It is. It's perfect. nothing else matters except height in the NFL, nothing, as we all know. Five five. That's the way to go. Isn't he five five or something crazy? He might not be five five. But I think it was short. like the shortest, one of the shortest players to be at a combine. He's a I freak. Anyways, go ahead. Deuce Vaughn is the kind of guy you draft if you trade Jonah for like a, I don't know, fourth and fifth round pick, and you have some extra picks there now. Like you land your Dewan Jones or Darnell Wright at twenty eight. You trade Jonah after that. You add some picks. And then you double dip at running back and you double dip at tight end. Which, as of now, I'm not convinced that four of their seven picks, maybe they signed someone, but four of their seven picks wouldn't be running back and tight end. Would not shock me. Would like them to get more picks is something that I keep coming back to. (laughs) I don't think they will double dip at both positions, but it wouldn't shock me. As of today, I think they would double dip at tight end and not running back. 
All right. As of right now, today. The good news is, is it's not, uh, the draft is not today. No, it's March. Next question Jake Te- Texera. Teixeira. I Teixeira. Prob- yeah. Yep, yep. That, that's a baseball player. Yeah, uh, that's how I know sports. Jake underscore underscore Teixeira eight. What do you expect the Bengals to do with tight end and cornerback, considering that mm-hmm. it seems likely that, in Jake's opinion, not mine, this Jake's, also mine, maybe, uh, the Bengals won't sign a free agent running back at this point. Also, while we're on the topic of names, really quickly before you answer that question, D'Amico Ryans, not D'Amico Ryans. I made that mistake yesterday. Correcting yeah. it now. There you go. Yeah, D'Amico Ryans. Well, <clears throat> maybe they're going to get D'Amico Ryans to to join them to play tight end. He didn't do that when he was in the pros, but he's making a hefty salary with the Texans. Uh, no, that said, I think they'll sign a veteran. <laughs> I, I took that longer than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I think they're going to sign a veteran tight end. And yes. is it Foster Moreau or is it Seathan Carter and Drew Sample? Is it Mitch Wilcox and Drew Sample? Is it Jake Fisher? Ha <laughs> ha, went back to the joke. Is it not? That part is interesting to me, but I think they'll add someone and then draft someone cornerback, probably the same. I think they re-signed someone. Maybe they just re-sign Eli Apple. Maybe they, they go, you know, with another veteran, someone else. We'll see. Like, like you said, Luana Rumo's and USC. Um, <clears throat> but I wouldn't rule out the running back thing either. Let, let's, let's just wait and see. Never know. The, the more I think about it, the more Ezekiel Elliott can do what Samaj P. Ryan did. Would he be willing to do that? I don't know. But I, I think that, like, he's a really good pass blocker and he can get you the yards as a check down artist. I, he's a great fit for Samaj P. Ryan's role. Isn't he? I mean, he's a huge name. And so We're talking the, about Ezekiel Elliott, former first-round pick and mega extension signer, to do what Samaj P. Ryan did for the bank, and, and that's a made, question for him. He's made his money. Do you want to win a Super Bowl or not, Zeke? I, it, I, I understand that it might be difficult for him to accept a Samaj P. Ryan role. I mean, what's his other option? I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like that's a big jump for him. In Where would the wrong he get direction. drafted in this year's running back? class he's not no he's not well he can pass block he, someone would draft him for his like be, be, because of his pass blocking why wouldn't you want to go to a place where you're going to be able to catch the pass to catch the pick. ball fifth round the pick. sixth rounder i i think it makes a lot of sense the fournette thing it doesn't but the the zeke thing i, I think it does and i agree with you by the way i don't think joe mixon is is worse than leonard fournette i'm not saying that but what the Bengals asked joe to do I think you could get 85% of it from Leonard Fournette. I don't think it's 85%. Not the I same think it's like amount. like 70%. Fournette caught 73 65%. passes last year in a bad offense while he was injured. With Tom Brady? Sure. He while was, he, he was, was injured. He was incredibly inexplosive, they had unexplosive. No, they had no they lost all their 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 linemen. It was the worst one of the worst lines in the league. Uh, all right. No Alex Kappa. Alex Kappa was the franchise, not Tom Brady. Let's do one more question here really quick before we get out of here. Alex Sardinas at Lex Sardinas. Why is no one talking about Kalias Campbell? Is he going to command too much money? He's thinking a one-year deal for a versatile piece on the defensive line. And we have talked about 
Calias Campbell, but we haven't talked about him for a while, and he's taking a visit on oh. Tuesday with Atlanta. Is that right? Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta. Good players Atlanta. going to bad teams at this point in free agency. Calias Campbell makes a ton of sense, and I think he would be pretty low cost in the Bengals. They've already spent a ton of money in the defensive line room, but to me, whew. by the way, that's another option at 28. If, if uh, you know, if the right guy's there, I could see them going D line. But man, Calais Campbell, you want to talk about another six eight guy? Sheesh! You know what I don't want to hear? How Joe Burrow's worried about Calais Campbell again? And well, he, he won't have to do that if he goes to Atlanta. But yeah, who knows where he goes? I want him to come to Cincinnati. That would be one of those under the radar signings that could pay off in a playoff game. Calais Campbell's a defensive line veteran that I like. I would not be opposed at all to a one-year deal for Calias Campbell. I wonder how they could free up more space to add guys like Calias Campbell. Well, we talked about that two days ago on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. If you would like to go check that episode out, we spent a whole segment, segment two, I believe, two days ago's show on the salary cap, resetting the salary cap, what it looks like now including Cody Ford's deal. My, my guess was pretty accurate. Cody Ford has a net cap at around $300,000 uh, because he pushes somebody else off of the top 30, top 53 uh, salary cap counting. So if you're interested in finding out where the Bengals are currently from a cap situation beyond just the over the cap number, which misrepresents their true cap flexibility at this point in the offseason, go check that out. And we'll wait here for the Bengals to make a move. If there's any night for it, I think it's tonight, James. And if you've listened to our last couple episodes, you would know why. Until next time, Bengals fans, we'll be back with you if the Bengals make a move. Thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one.